because they're qualified, whether they're green, pink, purple, or, or whatever. It's really a bad thing, a bad way, and this country's been doing this for far too long. So that's all I'm going to say, and I'll let you have yep. another call. Thank you. No, 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 no question about it. it, and I mentioned it last week, uh, Kamala Harris. I mean, here we are to have the Democrats telling every, everyone who's white that they're racist and they shouldn't judge people by the color of their sin, skin or their, sec, their sex or sexuality. And then Kamala Harris is chosen vice president candidate nominee because, because of her sex and her race. And then you have Amy Coney Barrett, who's eminently qualified. And um, I just think it's, it's a double standard. And I... I Chuck got off the phone. Chuck looks at things in a very international way. Uh, he's been to Europe many times, and he's very familiar with that culture. In Germany, a public company has to have 30% women as, as board members. I, I, don't, I think it's, you know, as Judge Ginsburg said, uh, a woman should be everywhere that decisions are made. I think that that is a, a good way to say it. I think that's an excellent comment, but it, it should happen naturally. It shouldn't be okay. You have to have 30% women on, on the board. Um, as, as I like to say, my, my favorite CEO uh, in America is a woman, Mary Barrow, because of the job that she does for General Motors, not because of, uh, uh, of anything else. So Chuck makes an excellent point. Let's grab another call. You're on the Upfront program. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you for taking the call. Uh, as far as the hearings go, at first you, you would think they were having a hearing on President Trump. And what difference does it make if they wait for a new president to be in to nominate somebody or do it now? Because you're not going to find, whether you're Republican or Democrat, you're not going to find a more qualified person in uh, Comey Barrett, I don't think. There's no way they can discredit her. And uh, But it's against the law to bring up religion, and a couple of them did that, and they should be sentenced for that. Now, my last comment, Chris Boule, I'm being very optimistic. I'm hoping the, um, the CD rates will go up next year. I think they just <laughs> I think they're just playing a game, uh, a game or something. I don't know, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> what do you think? Well, the the again, I, I've mentioned from time to time. This is the biggest problem my clients have is that. You know, they used to, years ago, in Marquette and Eastland and all the and all the banks, they were getting 10 12% CDs, and they've gone lower and lower and lower. But the Federal Reserve has gone on record and said that they probably are not going to raise interest rates until 2023. The Federal Reserve only affects the short-term interest rates, but those tend to affect the long-term interest rates. So people that I'm working with are looking for other options. So... The Federal Reserve, in, since I've been following it since the 80s, has never been this transparent. So unless inflation rears its ugly head, which is possible because we're printing money left and right. So you've got a couple of things going on here. You've got uh, a national debt that's growing and growing and growing, and you have dollars that uh, theoretically are worth less and less. However, you've got inflation being checked because you've got productivity of the American worker continuing to go up and up and up and make more things with less. So... I wish, um, as far as interest rates, they are artificially low, and the Federal Reserve says they're going to keep them that way for three years, but um, they will have to adjust if inflation rate, uh, <laughs> rears its ugly head. 
and oh, I'm sorry, one more quick comment. The, the, uh, because he lives looking for food donations and all that, the stuff that went to City Hall, if it's still being stored there, and it was supposed to go to agencies in the city that uh, feed people, I would suggest that they give some of that to uh, that organization. Why wait until it's getting voting time, then make the mounds of the elderly housing complexes hoping to get their vote? That, that's what I think anyway. Well, I, I think you began the conversation, you ended the conversation with the same thing. Politics play a big role. And if people, the Democrats and the Republicans, were open-minded, um, this would be an open-and-shut case. One of the things, I think it was Lindsey Graham, who I like, the more I hear from that guy, the more I like. He's only 65 years old. He could make a great president someday. And he was making the same comments um, that I was making about, about three weeks ago, is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I think the vote for her to become an... Um, Supreme Court justice was like 96 to 3, and John Paul Stevens was like 97 to nothing, and you could go on and on, and this was continuing until Robert Bork happened, and, and uh, Joe Biden played a big role in that, getting him uh, not nominated, but it used to be you take a person who was eminently qualified, like, like, uh, like uh, Amy, and it would it'd be 97 to nothing. Those days are gone. But you take uh, Barrett and you bring her back 30, 40 years, she probably would be, you know, it'd be 97 to nothing and the other three uh, had COVID and didn't show up. I mean, that's how, how uh, tremendous she is. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no way you can, uh, like I said, Republican or Democrat and uh, not approve of true. Why wait? Do it now. And, um, now I'll get back to preparing breakfast. We had a <laughs> fresh fruit. We're having home fries, homemade corned beef, fish, and an egg. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for the call. All right. That made me hungry. Uh, yes. Phone call. I have two questions uh, related to that phone call. Number one is she talked about, um, did she talk about certificates of deposit as she opened up? Uh, yes. Right. So uh, forgetting about uh, her as a person, uh, are there still people who have CDs um, with these? Uh, isn't the interest rate below 1% or something? Uh, what is, um, help me understand, without getting yourself into a jam, uh, I don't know if this is out of your realm as a financial advisor, but why would anybody hold on to um, a CD or, or even one of those savings accounts uh, that produce nothing? Well... For, no, I, this is this is. I'm very comfortable talking about this. Is probably half of what I do to try out my clients and, and people I'm, I'm just meeting. It's it's. There's a, always been a demarcation point where you know, so, say somebody's got a million dollars with me and I'm managing it, their investments, and maybe they've got four hundred thousand dollars in the bank and they keep it liquid. Um, those days of having CDs roll over, even at any reasonable rate. Um, are, are going. I would like to stop and talk about the rule of 72. I find even very sophisticated people don't understand the rule of 72. It's a mathematical anomaly. Whatever you divide 72 by, that's how long it's going to take you to double your money. So if you have a CD or any investment paying 10%, it's going to take you 7.2 years to double your money. If you have a CD paying 1%, 
is going to take you 72 years of W money. Conversely, not to bring this to its nth degree, but if you're getting 0.5% in the bank, it's going to take you 144 years to double your money. So, yeah, some people want the safety in that, and you have to bridge myself and other financial advisors. You have to find what's an acceptable risk and reward because CDs are basically riskless. Uh, in terms of the FDIC backing them up, but they're not paying anything. I've seen CDs, broker CDs, eight, nine, ten years at, at 1% or less. I can't predict the future, but I think those people will be very sorry who bought a 10-year CD paying 1% because at some point they're going to go up. But, yeah, that's really a big part of my job is to find those alternative investments that are not in the stock market that are basically going to get people a return. Because think about it, and I'll wrap up here. If, if, if inflation is 2% and you're earning basically zero, you're falling behind 2% every year in the bank. So it's really a problem. Some people, you know, people need to keep uh, an amount in the bank, but how much of that is kind of changing based on the interest rate environment? Second question, and then uh, we'll move on. So this uh, nomination for the Supreme Court Justice, can you remove the anxiety for me? Will she, in the end, after... Uh, after uh, blabbermouths like uh, Sheldon Whitehouse and uh, non-essential statements like uh, from Jack Reed, after they're said and done, will she be the Supreme Court uh, justice or will uh, some Republicans bail out uh, at the last minute? What's the prediction? Well, I am not uh, a legal scholar. I'll leave that for people like Amy and Peter. But if you read all the news, um, the Democrats have pretty much given up. Uh, unless something comes out about her past that, that somehow is a problem, but you've got the entire faculty of Notre Dame, University of Notre Dame, who knows her, uh, giving her the thumbs up. You've got the American Bar Association saying she's highly qualified. The American Bar Association is a very... I was just going to mention that. ...is very liberal. So um, she, she, this is not the first, name, first time her name has come up. It came up in the Kavanaugh hearings before he was nominated that she was a, a finalist. Um, people at Notre Dame who had her in class, she was number one, said she was the best student they, they've ever had. And she looks at things the way I would like my Supreme Court people or any judge to look at it is the Constitution. The Constitution is the foundation of what makes this America great. And you don't want people in, uh, to create laws or to legislate from the bench. You want them to look at the Constitution and apply it. Again, you go back to the American um, Health Act. Basically, what they're saying is that just for breathing, that you have to have insurance. Uh, was it for Amer uh, Obamacare? Is what and, I, and I think that's unconstitutional. I'm not a legal mind, but you can't make people do things and buy things just because they're breathing. So what happened is Judge Roberts basically gave up on that. It was five to four when it came up. I want people to have health insurance that need it, but to make people have to buy it is unconstitutional in my mind. And when they said, the, the Republicans said, well, it's not a tax, um, then therefore it takes away the constitutionality of it. So to go back to your thing, yeah, it looks all things that they've got the votes and it's been a commitment and unless something comes out of the woodwork that we don't know, she will be the, she will replace uh, Ginsburg. Roger Bouchard, Chris Boulay, we're together on Tuesdays and Thursdays too. Uh, most of the time for the Upfront program, we welcome, we want to emphasize that, like uh, draw a line under 
welcome your calls and comments. Uh, whatever we're doing, we'll stop and take your call. So please uh, feel free to make a contribution. The Roast House is open seven days a week, and our hours are 11.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're featuring outside dining and inside dining, and of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine or to place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700. And check our menu on the internet for theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Palm Street, Blackstone. We welcome back old and new customers for inside and outside dining. And yes, the Roast House will be open for lunch today for your dining convenience. So come on into the Roast House. We'd love to see you. Also, um, some people who'd love to see you are the friendly folks over at Champs Liquors for Keyway. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs Liquors now offers in-store shopping. Come on in and browse around. You're welcomed. Social distancing observed at Champs Liquors. And remember, if you have a question, call us at 765-1800 and we'll cheerfully answer any question you have about beer, wine, and liquors. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Woonsocket. Heard about fruit flowers from Edible Arrangements? The perfect pairing. Now in bloom for stunning bouquets and fresh chocolate-covered fruit. Visit Edible Arrangements or order online for curbside pickup. Edible Arrangements, 34 Funya Street, Woonsocket, 767-2077. And, of course, free delivery from Edible Arrangements. As the leaves fall, install gutter guards from Pepin Lumber. Installation is easy as a snap. No special tools required. You'll never clean gutters again. Gutter guards, install them now. And while you're at Pepin Lumber, see their new selection of workwear too. Pepin Lumber, 380 Cumberland Hill Road. Quality products since 1949. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're back to uh, the Upfront panel for today, made up of Christopher and Roger, and also uh, contributions from, I feel like, I feel like public television, contributions from listeners like you. All right, <laughs> let's go to our next telephone call. Hello. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you today? We're good, both of us. Many wards. Um, I, I just wanted to comment. You know, one thing that I've been looking at is uh, he mentioned uh, Robert Bork. Uh, Chris mentioned Robert Bork earlier. Move a little and, bit know, closer to that phone, and that'll make us a little bit happier. How is this? Keep going. Better? I can't get any closer. Okay, well then, that's good enough then. Hang on one second. Let me see if I can try one more thing. All right. He's going to try How's one it? more one more thing. That's the best I can do. Well, I'm that's, that's, that's a, a 100% improvement. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, Chris had mentioned Robert Bork. And, you know, to me, the way things have been changing, it seems like everything that's been happening regarding the court system, or the, the, the um, nomination of people to the Supreme Court, 
the Democrats have been attacking Republican nominations since Robert Bork. And the Republicans do not do that back when Kagan and Sotomayor came up. They didn't treat them the same way. And I don't know if they were afraid to because there was a woman um, and they didn't want to be, you know, they didn't want to be made to be feel like they were attacking this person. But it seems like I'm not sure what came first. The Democrats acting like a bunch of losers that didn't want to, they don't want this person, so they're going to fight, fight, fight. And that precipitated what we see today in the public with the young people today rioting and wreaking havoc all over the country. Um, or, or did that come first and the Democrats are just following suit with, well, we've got to act up because the young people are acting up and we need them to vote for us and we have to be like them. Um, you know, the, the Senate was supposed to be a very deliberative body that's supposed to debate things and, you know, much different from the House. And it, it doesn't seem like it's like that anymore. And I don't know if there's any fix for these people other than throwing them out of office. You know, you you raise a great point because I think it really started, you know, with Thurgood Marshall. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, is that when he was nominated, the first African-American nominated to the Supreme Court, uh, there were 10 um, Democratic senators who would not vote for him because he was black. There was only one Republican who... who uh, uh, went against his nomination, and there were 20 Democrats who also voted present because they didn't want to support him. But yeah, if you go back, some of the things that were mentioned by Lindsey Graham that I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it was, you know, 97 to nothing. Ginsburg, I think, was 96 to 3. And it really started with Bork. And then, as you know, then you had the nuclear option with Harry Reid taking away the 60 votes, which doesn't make it a deliberative body. If Harry Reid right. had not done what he'd done, then they, they have enough votes to block. Um, Barrett. So they did it to themselves. Right. Well, that's usually how they do things. They do stupid things, and then it comes back to bite them in the butt. Um, you know, and that's probably what's going to happen with anything else that they try with hacking the court. So you put 15 Supreme Court justices on, and then the Republicans one day take over when the when the people are sick of what they've done, and then you'll have uh, 15. You'll have uh, 23 justices on the Supreme Court, and, uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. The, the, this whole thing has turned into a giant mess, and the, uh, I don't know, they... They really should be ashamed of themselves. They, they, really, they really should. I don't know what's going to change yeah. it. Packing the court, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, Joe Biden finally figured out, at least the people around him, if he doesn't answer this question regarding packing the court, then he's going to have a real problem because, again, very intelligent people were looking at, and I was soliciting their opinion in 2016, and the Supreme Court was paramount to them and why they supported Trump. So if you go in there and say you are not going to address whether packing the court is appropriate and you're able to supersede presidential power and the legislative power, that's going with the Constitution. And that's, just, that's not a disagreement of policy. That is treason, in my opinion. Well... I don't know what's going to end up happening with this, but it's really disgusting that he, he doesn't have to say how he's going to do that. Now, that you know, they'll come back and say, well, Donald Trump won't release the tax returns. Donald Trump's tax returns have nothing to do with the Constitution. The Absolutely. Does. Absolutely. And him to not want to answer that question is pretty disgusting. Yeah. He, uh, he's afraid to say it because he knows if he says he will pack the court, it'll turn off some Democrats. And if he says he won't pack the court, it'll turn off others. 
Absolutely. He did, he did address it last night, but he said he's not for it. And then, of course, in 1983, uh, he said it was uh, a boneheaded move by FDR to try to pack the court. And even Ju Justice Ginsburg, in June of, of 2019, said packing the court is going to diminish the, um, the justice, and we don't want to do that. Of course, what we don't know is what President uh, Harris is going to do after when he's out of office because he can't really stay in office too long. So then we'll see what really happens. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, they're wrong again on the polls, and I just can't imagine that many people want to bite off the nose to spite their face. But we we shall see. I, I'm, I'm, right, I will be up all night, and I'm, I don't think we'll have an answer then. When we are not going to have an answer then. It's going to be weeks because no matter who wins, the other side will be suing in court because of the mail-in ballots. So you don't think the Democrats would object if uh, Donald Trump won, do, do you? Um, no, not really. <laughs> Thank you for your call. I appreciate that. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> uh, this is the Upfront Program, and we're doing opinion uh, pieces here. And um, so just a couple of... Um, uh, older emails to catch up with. Uh, this is housekeeping, uh, so you can sip on your coffee for a half a second here, Chris. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Autumn Fest weekend. Um, this gentleman was nice enough to uh, write us. His name is Glenn, and uh, he uh, he had an Autumn Fest uh, memory that we didn't get to. He said, "I came across a Woonsocket Call article of 1984." Writes Glenn, "Shown are the Syrian ladies from Saint Elias." Uh, Melkite Catholic Church on Hamilton Street in Woonsocket. And uh, that's um, right off of, um, I, I guess uh, right off of Logi Street. And, and anyway, uh, I remember that church. Our church always sold out of the homemade Syrian magpies and the homemade Syrian stuffed grape leaves and the baklava. Sadly, our church closed in 2016 and merged with St. Basil's of Lincoln and uh, Glenn signs his last name, Glenn Simmons, and uh, he had an Autumn Fest memory. And thank you for sending that to us. And then, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Boule, we had a call from Bob from Pawtucket. He's called often on the program, and uh, he had four points he wanted to make. Number one is he did not call to attack me. Well, that was good. I didn't even take it as an attack, Bob. And he uh, says in his subject uh, part, sorry to offend, I was not offended. But what he was talking about, and I thought um, you could participate in this conversation, Mr. Boulay, because I know you uh, have um, late model vehicles, we'll put it that way. Um, what he was talking about, number two, he says, I don't care if you don't mind, Roger, being tracked by computer, period. I was trying to inform the audience, not you. Is not the audience uh, who's the important ones here? Absolutely, Bob, I agree. What he was talking about are uh, the car manufacturers installing software inside the car to tell them how fast you're going, where you are, and so forth. And then, voluntarily, on in your insurance policies, like I was telling Bob, I've told Allstate it's okay to track me. Whether I press my brakes on too fast, if I go over 80 miles, you can track me. And I was basically trying to tell Bob I don't care about my personal rights. <laughs> I don't know why I don't care. I should care, but I don't care. I, I guess I'm, I'm just too damn old. Anyway, how do you feel about, uh, about this topic here of, of tracking you everywhere you go, on your phone and on your computer? Chris Boulay. I think... 
there's two points here between I know what you're saying and I know what Bob is saying. For, for, for me, for, for my children, they they get two they got two cars. They got one in high school, they got one in college, and then they're on their own. You know, Adam is on his own now, has his own car. But I tracked them to make sure that they were driving appropriately. And I think if you want to make a decision, say, hey, I drive a certain way, therefore I want to get recognition from the insurance company that I'm not doing over 80, I'm not doing late mile, miles at night, doing a lot of miles at night and so on and so forth. That is something that you can do. I think we are, and I'm, I'm going to speak for Bob, and I think you know where he's coming from, is that when that stops being voluntary and starts being mandatory, that's really a, a problem where you can see it where days where the insurance companies will say, okay, they'll work with the manufacturers and start tracking you, and therefore you're going to pay extra money. That's probably where it's going to go at some point, and that's something we don't want to have. I've talked a lot about Apple and the fact that they make privacy uh, a big issue, whereas Facebook and others do not. So you kind of talked about the phone. You know, it's very, you can go in, everything people know this, into your iPhone. I don't know about Samsung. I don't know about Google, but I know about Apple. You can go in there and tell certain places that, um, that you, you can be tracked. Like, um, let me give an example where I want to be tracked. I have a GPS system um, uh, that I use for golfing. And it tells me how far to the middle of the green, the, the front of the green, and the back of the green. And that is on my software, on my computer. So they know where I am, but when it's off, they can't track me. So, yeah, we need somebody who is kind of monitoring uh, privacy, and that's why I speak so highly about Apple. But I know exactly where Bob is going with this. In 10 years from now, it could be an issue where if you don't allow them to track you, there's a penalty or they're just going to do it. But talking a little bit about this, I find it very, very interesting. General Motors has this new thing on the late model cars where if, you, if there's an accident in front of you or, uh, you know, say a couple hundred yards ahead where another GM car has to slow down and you're on 95, it'll warn you. It'll warn your car that there's a, they call it the V-series or something like that, a V-chip. But it'll, it'll warn you that there's an issue up front. I think that has value. And I think that will lower your insurance costs because if you have that. I know um, with my vehicles, I think I'm a good driver. But getting into tight spaces, people can, who know me vouch I'm not very good at it. So I've got that overlook um, that we, so you don't bang into things. So... The technology works for you and against you, but if you're helping to avoid accidents, like you just talked about the V-chip, then that's one thing. If they're tracking you, you don't want to be tracked. Um, I certainly see Bob's point. Email from a listener. Is there any update on the mayoral debate? No, there isn't an update, but uh, here is the way it's going to happen. Unless uh, the uh, Rhode Island Department of Health intervenes or the fire chief uh, makes it, uh, proclaims that we can't do it. But there will be a mayoral debate on a Wednesday. The uh, date is uh, October 21st, and it's going to be in Harris Hall, and it's going to be limited to five people. The mayor, uh, the challenger, the uh, moderator, and uh, Paul Jacob and his um, uh, assistant to put it on cable television and live radio. So unless we are banned, and we'll let you know Gary, uh, he's the one that made the inquiry. We'll let you know if uh, somebody interferes with those plans, but that's where it's going to be. And, um, and I know that uh, not everybody is happy with that location, 
but uh, that's the location that's been chosen. Now, uh, do you have anything uh, did you would like to say since since Gary brought up a local topic? Do you have anything local you'd like to address? Well, based on based on that, um, people who maybe see the province journal online or get it, there's a good article about John Breen and Lisa Baldelli Hunt and, yeah. and Pro Joe, and a couple of things come to mind. Um, 90% of Rhode Islanders don't know anything about the race. The people who know about the race and care about the race are in Woonsocket or very nearby Woonsocket. And if you read that article, I think it's extremely well written and you get a real good flavor of what the issues are. You know, uh, the mayor says that, um, you know, we uh, haven't raised taxes and we've, we've improved roads. And then John is saying those are basic services that um, we would expect and we would need to do more. So it's, it's very, very interesting. I, I think you get a real sense of, of the article. Uh, one thing that's not in the article is that, and I think it's just noteworthy, is that there's been like 20 overrides of the mayor since, since, since she's been in office. Yeah, I'm looking at an email sent to her by somebody that mentions that. Yeah, so there's been 20 overrides, and most of them having to do with the budget. So if you, in fact, have 20 overrides, and virtually 75% of them have to do with the budget... So shouldn't the city council be given some credit in organizing the budget? Because most of those, to my recollection, were reducing the increases that the mayor proposed. So even though she doesn't work hand-in-hand -hand with the city council, the city council has been a big part of getting things reduced. So that's kind of noteworthy. And again, it kind of ties into um, the Lima-Bono race that's happening in District 49. I think there's the same kind of juxtaposition where, you know, for me, I, I don't care who I offend. I'm going to tell you what I think, and I'm actually going to tell people who I'm voting for and what have you. But if you look at Steve Lima versus, versus um, Vin Bono, it's this, the same kind of a thing there, where you've got Lima, who's a business person, who's talking about making Woonsocket better, and he's going to make it better by improving the business climate. And doing that is going to move things in a different direction. And you got Vin Bono, who I don't know at all. We've invited him a couple of times to the show, and he, he's declined. I know he's been on with you. He has not been on with me. But he's got the same title ideas about let's get more money from the state. Let's continue to be a municipal welfare group, and let's go back to the state and say, hey, we've got all of this distressed housing, and we're doing our share. Therefore, you've got to give us more of distressed money. I don't think that's the thinking that, that makes sense. And I think it, it kind of hurts, you know, the city's progress. One of the th issues you have with the mayor and the, 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 the guts it takes to try to change the direction of the city is your terms are only two years. It's not even a four-year term. So nobody, whether it's Lisa changing her approach to the city, uh, more in line with my thinking and John's thinking, she's not going to do it in two years. John, who I hope is the next mayor, he's not going to do it in two years, but he's going to have to set a course of, okay, we are going to make Woonsocket better. We don't have to be the, the home, as he, as he likes to say, of the dollar store. We, we can do better. So I see the same juxtaposition. I do not live in District 49, so maybe my opinion doesn't matter, but clearly I would be voting for Steve Lima. Let me turn my microphone on here. Thank you. If you have uh, a viewpoint uh, that's uh, contrary or, shall we say, in um, consensus with Mr. Uh, 
Christopher Boulay on that topic or any other topic, please feel free to uh, call us. We'd love to hear from you. We're doing the Upfront program. It's on WNRI, and we do it on a Monday through Friday basis. And we thank uh, Mr. Uh, Christopher Boulay for joining us on Tuesdays and also on Thursdays. Now, we want to remind you that we had 31 hours of music over the weekend and interviews on uh, um, Autumn Fest, and we want to thank some of our great sponsors. We had 40 of them, and uh, one of them was Seven Hills of Rhode Island. This message is brought to you by Seven Hills, Rhode Island. Our work to support our children and adults with disabilities and life challenges is vital to the health of our community. If you are passionate about helping people and believe in the abilities of all, we invite you to join our family of dedicated and compassionate staff. Part-time hours are open through the state of Rhode Island working with children and their families. So if you believe in promoting individualized, person-centered, high-quality services and support, then Seven Hills, Rhode Island might be right for you. To learn more about it, contact us at Seven hills.org slash careers. The YMCA is here for your family through these challenging times. Although there is much uncertainty about back to school, the YMCA now offers YMCA out-of-school time programming for grades 1 through grade 7. Full day, full week distance learning programming, financial aid available for those who qualify. Distance learning support, art, swimming, and physical activity. And breakfast and lunch are provided daily. They're licensed by DHS. Enhanced safety and disinfecting procedures. So register today at your Woonsocket YMCA, 18 Federal Street, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, or call 401-769-0791. Inside dining, outside dining, or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant, Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to our Italian dishes and our tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry tonight or today? Come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard, Bellingham, Massachusetts. Grubhub delivery also available. They're open at 3.30 this afternoon for your dining convenience. And, of course, on a Monday through Thursday basis, uh, Grumpy's features the $10 dinner. That's right. Uh, well, they give you a regular menu. So anything you want on the Grumpy's menu is available. However, the extra piece is for the $10 dinner specials. There are four, five, or six of them every night. And uh, some of them are, uh, are pretty, uh, pretty great. And I've enjoyed them a number of times. I like it when they have the meatloaf. They have a nice gravy there. And um, and it's $10 with potato and vegetable. How can you beat that price? And that's every Monday through Thursday from uh, 3.30 on at Grumpy's Bellingham. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Upfront, one socket. <laughs> Roger and Chris here in the studio. Any further comments before we press the magic button here? Oh, let's uh, call us first, please. All right. Hello there. How are you doing today? Hi, Roger. It's Fancy Nancy. Hi, Fancy Nancy. How are you doing? I, I want a good yourself. Good, good. On this wet day. Yeah. But I, I wanted to put in my uh, thanks to the WNRI team for the Autumn Fest production over the weekend. Wasn't that something, huh? I. I thought it was top-notch. Um, what I was able to listen to was very interesting. You know, uh, 
a variety of um, segments, and it would. It, I, I think it would have been great for people who had been and seen these acts to hear them again. And I also enjoyed listening to the rebroadcast of the parade yesterday yeah. too. That was a fun thing, also. Well, yeah, I'm going and, to, and, and you know, Jeff, uh, who produced this, he's on the phone right now with someone else, but I'm going to make sure that I play this little segment with me and you uh, to let him know, because we did get a lot of comment from people other than Fancy Nancy about uh, the quality of the broadcast, but he, you know, he puts so much work into it, I'll make sure that uh, he, he gets the message, okay? He did, and, and it, it, it showed. And it thank showed. you for it being very a... Very nicely done. Thank you for being a loyal and, and listener. I, Thank you. And, and I, I also like the um, informational segments, too, um, like how the food vendors, mm -hmm. how that all worked behind the scenes. But I have a question because they said, you know, if somebody has hot dogs, somebody else doesn't have hot dogs. Correct. And I listened to your program yesterday, and I don't know the gentleman's name, but I recognize his voice. And he talked about Swedish meatball dinner. Mm -hmm. Now, if you had somebody who wanted to do... Swedish meatballs, and then somebody else wanted to do Italian meatball dinner. Mm -hmm. They're both meatballs, but they're completely different meals. Mm -hmm. You know, would they would they be considered? No, you can only have one. That, meatball that's dinner. when we were bringing the Supreme Court to decide if uh, <laughs> the meatballs are too close or not. I can answer that in ten <laughs> seconds or less. What happens is that they would let the same vendor. Uh, have access to three or four types of uh, meatball uh, preparations in pretty much the same way that you would have a, a grinder and you can have a ham grinder and a, you know, a cold cut grinder and so forth. So, yep. so uh, that's how that's been handled and that's how it probably will be handled in the future. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, and uh, time for our, um, well, we only have a few more moments. So I was just wondering... If there was anything left on that list, I think there's a lot of things. <laughs> oh, there's, there's, there's another couple of hours. Okay. Um, I'd rather be overprepared than underprepared. But uh, something was brought to my attention. Um, U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders, a uh, socialist, has endorsed a group of Rhode Island candidates. Yeah, I somehow got that, uh, that message, too. And, and so Bernie... Uh, is interested in Rhode Island politics. That's terrific to hear. Isn't it? Tell me more about it. Yeah, the Bernie Sanders, the person who passed three bills in 40-plus years in the Senate, and two of them were naming a post office after somebody. But there are four individuals. Uh, I guess they would identify as progressives. I don't know if they identify themselves as socialists. I think they do. But um, Kittis, Webster, Gay, and Miller are the four. Vaughn. Vaughn Miller. Vaughn yeah. Miller, yeah. yeah. Now, these have been endorsed by by Bernie Sanders. They have. And they're one, part of the Woonsocket election. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, if um, you are... In, so I guess the connection here is that if you love Bernie Sanders and, and what he stands for, he has endorsed four of the candidates of the 14 candidates in the Woonsocket City Council race, and you name them, and uh, you should vote for them. If you want uh, the um, Bernie Sanders, uh, shall we say, frame of mind, uh, political uh, persuasion, agenda to be part of the Woonsocket political agenda. I would say that's a, a good way of looking at it. It, it is. And we're going to have the Woonsocket Green New Deal where uh, mm -hmm. cars that are polluting can't be in Woonsocket. You've got to drive around Woonsocket. On the other hand, uh, so I can balance the coin, if you find um, Bernie Sanders despicable... <laughs> and you find his uh, philosophies anti-American, those are probably the four last candidates 
that you would want to vote for in the Woonsocket City Council race. So take your, uh, take your poison or take your uh, dessert and uh, consider it. Thank you for bringing that up. Do I have time for five, uh, ten more seconds? Yes. Um, Social Security, the cost of living adjustment will be 1.3% in 2021. So that kind of uh, approaches uh, the inflation rate. So 1.3%, you're going to get a raise in 2021. I'm going to get a raise? I thought Donald Trump is trying to destroy Social Security. (laughs) Or is that what his opponents say? I think it's the latter. Have a good day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.